Hey, Hector. Yo, what's up, brody? Happy anniversary, brother. Oh, shit. It's been that long? It's been two years, man. <coughs> oh, man. I mean, our relationship's a little longer, which I'm still shocked at that, but... Oh, yeah. Anniversaries. Cheers. Oh, yeah. We've still been dating for a while. I don't have a beer this time. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. We should redo this episode. We'll get some beer. I mean, uh, happy two years. Hey, well, it is the new year of the NFL season. It's the new year of our season officially. Welcome to another episode of Breaking Down the Tape. And it is episode one of season two. Hey. Right. Uh, I think I think I think uh, season one had like 70 episodes. I don't think if that was on Netflix, no one would have made it that far. No, man. I don't, I'm going to out myself as a weeb here, but we're going like one piece, bro. We're going to hit a thousand episodes. <laughs> bro, we're going to end up like the Simpsons. Right. Just, like right. just 30 years later, just rocking episodes. I mean, predicting if the future. Could, I was going to say, if we could predict the future, you know, make me some money. That'd be cool. Um, you know, today, if you listened a year ago, then if you're listening today, hey, thank you. Thank you, everybody. I want to say thank you, uh, everybody who has continued to ride with us on this journey and, and push us and join us. And this has been awesome. Um, but if you listened a year ago, today is going to run exactly the same way. Uh, we'll talk to you a little bit about around the world, the sports. Uh, we'll actually add the, the trivia because that wasn't around a year ago. And then we're going to talk about the Jets and the Cowboys draft. Uh, tell you guys uh, what we think, some winners, some losers, some opinions, and uh, and, yeah. and Zach, Zach, I gotta, I, I just gotta say, I know a few episodes ago, I told you how I got my first dose of my COVID shot. Yeah, I'm scheduled on Friday, by the way. Yeah, you know, and and what did I tell you the, when I got the first one? If you turned into a zombie to kill you. Pretty much. So I got this. I got the second dose today. My arm's definitely more sore than than the first one. And I just got to reiterate that if I go full zombie mode, two to the chest, one to the head and always double tap. I'm using this as evidence in court. God forbid. Hey, hey, but your I, honor, you told me to. If I'm a zombie, I, I want no mercy. Put me out. <laughs> No mercy. Uh, <laughs> well, with that being said, man, let's do our thing. Hit me with around the world of sports. All right, with around the world of sports, you know it's it's been an interesting uh, uh, week since we've been on. Um, I'm gonna shoot over to the UFC real quick. Nothing too crazy. I just saw that. Uh, I know a few weeks ago we spoke spoke about how Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier were going at it about that five hundred thousand dollar charity. Right, right, right. That that McGregor was supposed to, you know deliver especially after he lost his fight right all came out that you know uh, mcgregor likes to know exactly where the money goes and stuff like that and then right. he and, wants receipts all that shit all that kind of crazy stuff well i i feel like to me this is more like a gut check and a little pazinga to, to poirier but mcgregor ends up uh, uh donating five hundred thousand dollars to charity Good. But but not Poirier's charity. Disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> he chose a, another charity 
um, closely related, I guess, to Poirier. And I guess Poirier, I think, is from Florida. Uh, I think he's from Florida, so somewhere down there. It was a boys and girls club or whatever. Um, so I get mad if you Poirier though. Like he donated to a charity that does amazing yeah. things. What are you going to Regar- throw? Because Regar- it, it wasn't yours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just felt like it was a little bazinga to like, go oh, check them, like, you know, fuck you. 100% because it's petty. Because again, McGregor put him in a lose, lose. What are you going to do? Throw a tamper tantrum because you didn't donate to your charity. Like that's, that's dirty. But it's fucking hysterical. It's it's funny though. I liked it. I liked I'm it. With and, it. And, I'm with it. And for the fact that Conor McGregor, uh, uh, you know, now it now is trying to uh, go at Usman. Right. Right. Oh, so speaking of McGregor, I don't know the validity of this story, but remember how he hit that old guy in a bar. Like this yeah, was like, I, yeah, 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 like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He like took the guy had like a phone in his face or whatever. Right, right. So I don't know the validity, but I feel like I've read recently that McGregor bought the bar that that happened in, and eighty six the dude. He's now no longer. If the story is true, <laughs> I could be spreading gossip. That is if petty. The story is true. Conor McGregor <laughs> bought it just to eighty six. He seems like that type of guy, though, to be I so would. petty to just I be would. like, you know what? In a heartbeat. If I had that kind, if I had that kind of money, the level of petty that I would achieve would make both McGregor and Fifty Cent look like saints. And you know exactly what <laughs> Fifty Cent story I'm talking about about petty. So I would do the pettiest man. Man bought out money. like the entire fucking five six rows of Ja Rule's concert. Right. You gotta go out there and perform when you come out on the stage and see empty seats. What you gonna do? Oh <laughs> anyway, man. Let's keep it moving. Go, going on over. We're gonna. Shoot over to the NHL. I want to give a little shine because the Rangers are playing right now. The they Caps. are. Uh, they're playing the Caps. They're down by one with, with in the third. So uh, a little less than 12 minutes to go in the quarter or, or less than that. Now it's like seven minutes in the quarter. Now five, three. Sorry. I, re- I just refreshed. So, yeah, they um, shipped the bet against the Islanders. And I'm not going to lie. I had a little bit of hope. You never want to see someone get hurt. But uh, Ovechkin went out for the game. Um, and so they stormed back and tied it three, three. I'm like, Oh, okay, maybe. And then Panarin left the game. So fuck now. That's, it's five, that's just the usual in hockey. And yeah, I know that season's coming to an end. So, and I don't know yep. if the Rangers are going to make it. So I just don't care anymore. Yeah. No, I feel you. I feel uh, you. shooting over to, <laughs> I mean, I got to do it. The NBA. Oh no, we never thought we'd go here. <laughs> uh, Right now, Golden State is playing the Pelicans in what is the uh, um, America's uh, uh, like heroes game, where some of the players are uh, promoted as uh, you didn't see the the shit on ESPN. They promoted it all day. Steph Zion, uh, I think it was uh, what's his name, uh, Ingram, Lonzo Ball. Gotcha. Uh, Draymond Green and someone else—they're all—they're all after a Marvel character. So like, Steph, Zion's like fucking Thor, and Steph God, is dude. like you know Captain America, you know sure. shit like that. I call him Hawkeye. I'd say Steph Curry is Hawkeye for so, sure. So I mean, they gave each one a character, and they get certain points for certain stats they do during the game. So it's a new little thing, and they're doing like a kind of how like football did that Nickelodeon. Right, right. 
they're doing it with Marvel, though. And I'm not able to watch it right now because the game's on and see how it turned out. But I'm going to watch tomorrow morning uh, right. when I get to work and stuff and see some highlights and see how that ended up turning out. Well, that's interesting. I'm yeah, pretty, pretty fucking cool. Another thing I want to hit <coughs> in the NBA, which was a topic that we brought up over in the Sports Me app. If you guys haven't been on the Sports Me app, we spoke about it a couple times. Hop on there. It's very, very fun. It's very, very interesting. It's like Snapchat, but for sports. Um and the arguments are, are pretty pretty hilarious. But uh, uh, Luka Doncic has got hit with two more technical fouls, and he's on the brink of a suspension. Once you hit 15 tees, you get a one-game suspension. I Jesus. think once you hit 17, it goes two games, and on, one, and on, and on, and on. Um, wow. I think now these uh, the, the technical fouls are becoming too much. Like back Come in the day. technical foul. Yeah. So so my argument was on Sports Me that back in the day, you know, a technical foul was given for because because guys were trying to injure someone. You're trying to protect from that. Right. So guys yeah. like Ron Artest and Ben Wallace and Dennis Rodman and, and Rashid Wallace and, right. and those type of guys that if they were following you that hard, they meant to foul you. They're trying to hurt you. They're trying to prevent you from doing something, which right. is which is, you know rightfully owned to get a technical foul. Sure. Nowadays, it's to the point where you dunk on a guy and you yam on his head and you taunt a little bit and they're giving you a fucking T. Right. If the ref doesn't like what you have to say back to them, they're going to give you a T. If you, you know, God forbid, you know, uh, uh, cut the grass and just in the direction of the... of Right of the ref and he and he whiffs a little bit of the stench he's like oh that's a fucking t i saw the other day i forgot who it was but i saw it on on uh get up he went he went for the block shot he missed obviously hit him on the head they both fell and he went to go pick the guy up and they still teched him anyway and apparently a flagrant two and threw him out of the game. And he walk, was walking back on defense, never realized that he was thrown out. Half of nobody realized they were throw, he was thrown out. I forgot who the hell it was, but I, I watched him like, it's all right, it's, the dude on the head, but I didn't think it was like that. It's absurd now. And, and, and what they were trying to bring up in the Sports Me app was should – players now for technical fouls get the game the game suspension once you hit 15 tees i my thing was back in the day yes you should get a one game suspension because you're trying to physically hurt someone trying to get those right. when you get those technical fouls it's because they it, it was legit right foul. because you were getting attacked right the technical fouls now i don't think you should get oh. the one game suspension because they're stupid fouls you're getting fouls like come on you really think if luka Doncic was in the basketball world in the eighties and nineties that his, he would even get a technical foul for what they're getting given technical foul for. So shouldn't there, so my counter to that, shouldn't there be some sort of like NBA officials review after the game? I don't think it could occur during the game, but say like after you the can, game, you can, like, retract. you, back you and can retract. Okay. You can, you, you can retract more of that. You can retract technical fouls. You can't change the outcome of the game or him getting sure. suspended, but, but you see, can take away the technical foul that was given to him and change so it to a different foul. So that's the question then. Obviously, you know, I, I figure the game can't be changed, and I'm not asking for that. But say, you know, you go back and review, and five out of those 15 are should never have been texts, 
do, does the number go down to 10 and you still have I see to I've, I've I've never seen I, them change more than like maybe one tech for a person so, so it can you know? but it's just rare because they don't yeah, want to be wrong you probably see it maybe once a season man that just talks about a whole nother conversation that there needs to be some sort of recourse for referees for umpires for officiating crews who just make garbage calls that are just blatantly garbage trash. Oh, yeah. and, and and I threw up a, a, a quick uh, uh, argument and I was saying how I feel like a lot of the refs now want some of the spotlight, you know, now with the replays right. and the, and the challenges and stuff, you know, they get to put the headset on get in front of the camera. Some of them get to speak right. into the mic and you get to hear their voices in the arena when the right. decision gets, gets made, you know, right. you know, they, they're getting more big headed and cocky and they're taking more spotlight away from the game. And now it's to the point where the refs want to control all the aspects of the game and not let right. the players just play. So here's it's, a dumbass question. Should referees be included on fantasy sports? Hell no. Should you be, should you be able to draft uh, certain referee crews? Be like, oh, I know it? for a fact he's going to give at least 15 texts this game. <laughs> right? This game. <laughs> Get me 10 points for every two texts. Oh, man. <laughs> Let me not even. I'm just I'm just drafting referees. I'm not even going to draft the fucking team. I'm drafting refs. I'm drafting refs. <laughs> Same with the NBA. Uh, before I get into any of the good parts, I want to get in, over into LeBron's situation. So a, a while back, I saw a post a while back. LeBron said that it, 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 he seemed, he thinks that it was cool for teams in the lower echelon of the seating that are always battling it out, that they're always like maybe a game apart from each other, you yeah. know, to to battle it out for the seating. And right. getting into the playoffs. Oh, how the and, table. And then it just so happens that he falls to the seventh seed, and now he's bitching and moaning, saying that whoever came up with this should be fired, and these rules oh, are shit. stupid. Yeah. Why? Because you're falling to the seventh seed, and now you're not solidified a playoff spot. You're just solidified a play-in spot. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I saw this the other day, and <laughs> I remember this morning, I think, um, and uh, <laughs> how the mighty have fallen, huh? Yeah, yeah, he kind of retracted his statements a little bit there, and, and it's not looking good for the Lakers because he's yeah. not 100%, AD's not 100%. They just lost Shre uh, Schroeder for 10 to 14 days due to protocol. Uh, they yeah, might... They're they're t they're tied for sixth in the West with two other teams, Mavericks being one of them with Luka Doncic, right. and they could fall. So, yeah, I was just listening to uh, Jack and Can this morning, their latest episode of um, Roundtable Sports and Colbs, you know who is a. And if you guys haven't heard, please go uh, share yeah. and and like and and follow Jack and Can. Yeah. Uh, Colbs is a huge, you know, LeBron fan, but even he was saying that yes, it's great that he's back, but he's just he's not looking the same. You know, yeah, I mean, I mean LeBron kept up well enough on it. But. LeBron has come out and said that you know he'll never be a hundred percent again or whatever. And I get it, his age and all that, whatever. But I, it just seems um, like it seems like excuses. No, I feel you. Everybody, like a, we're gonna a get a lot of, of yawns in this episode because this is a late night episode. So, oh yeah, um, I just. Ate I just ate like a shit ton of dinner, so like I'm getting those after dinner yawns. There you go. 
Oh yeah, we. Oh, I don't we know if you can it. tell the bags under my eyes, bro. We stuffed it. I got some fucking <laughs> buffalo chicken empanadas and everything, bro. Oh my god, why don't I live with you? Oh yeah. Anyway. So, but uh, staying over in the NBA. Now I want to get into some great shit. Not yeah. the Knicks yet. Not the Knicks oh. yet. Not yet. But he was a Nick. Carmelo Anthony, my man. You know, uh, uh, and he will always go down to me and my point, a Nick great. Makes sense. Uh, I can respect it. He has now moved into 10th place in the all-time scoring list, passing Elvin Hayes. Really? Yes. Hmm. Uh, uh, now he his career total is uh, 27-313. Good for him. So... I mean, I mean, now next up is is Moses Malone at twenty seven four oh nine. I believe he'll pass that eventually too. Okay. Um, and I I do believe that he eventually, um, maybe he'll maybe play another season or two and and potentially crack the top five. Okay. Somewhere between the five and seven range is where I'm putting Melo on the all time scoring list, which. I mean, at that point, you got to say, like, damn, like, uh, yes, I, I, without a championship, I'm putting Melo in the Hall of Fame. You know why? Because Hall of Fame doesn't just say NBA. It says basketball. It says basketball. The man has more Olympic medals than any other basketball player ever. For those of you who only listen and don't watch on YouTube, I am in dumbstruck awe over what Hector just said because of the argument we got into in this very living room over basketball versus NBA and why there's a difference, Hall of Fame. So, sir, I'm glad you've come to my side. <laughs> no, but I hear you. I, mean, I do agree with you. He I mean, he, without a ring, you look at all his stats, he's Hall of Fame regardless. Without a ring. Right. He's just right. one of those guys that never won a ring. Like Allen Iverson, Hall right. of Fame, never won a ring. And much, to, and much to what we spoke about in the past about like the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I believe that Carmelo Anthony's story is integral to the storytelling of the National Basketball Association. Come on, Syracuse basketball, you talk about mellow. Yeah. Olympics, you talk about mellow. The and Knicks, how you're still you, talking and, and, about mellow. <laughs> I mean, even the Olympics, you're not just talking mellow, but like he is sure. he has more gold Olympic medal championships than any other basketball player. Really? That I did not know. He has I think uh, I might be a little wrong. It's either three or four. Who everyone else is one, uh, one behind them. Whoever else it is, is there? There are one behind them. I think. I think if LeBron plays the next Olympic and gets a gold, he ties it or might have already tied it. Right. Something right. like that. Roger that. All right. All right. But but okay. uh, uh, you know, congrats to to Melo and and. Especially after that one year when people thought he was not going to be in the league anymore. Right, where he was dead. Now I want to go over to my New York Knicks, who are playing right now. They're up 25-22 at the end of the first quarter against the Grizzlies and Ja Morant, who is a, a fantastic ball player. Bro, DirecTV does not like <laughs> me or the Knicks. It will let me watch MSG if it has the Rangers. 
It will let me let me watch MSG if it has almost anything else. But God forbid <laughs> the Knicks are on MSG. My TV's like, nah, it's blacked out here. Sorry, sucks to suck. Nah, I can't you anywhere else. <laughs> the Knicks have been playing absolutely fantastic. They were on that nine-game winning streak, lost to the Suns. Like you, <coughs> called, like you called. Turned around and hasn't lost since. Again. Hasn't lost since. I think they're on a two, possibly three-game winning streak. They okay. are now uh, eight games over 500, uh, okay. going, going to try to make it nine tonight. Uh, okay. People have been battling if Atlanta might overtake them at the fourth spot. Don't believe it. Uh, even with Trey Young coming back, I think the Knicks are going to end these this the last nine games of the season on a very strong note. They're going to hold that. They're going to have the uh, first home court advantage in, in the playoff spot in God knows how fucking long. Is that what left is nine games, including tonight? Including tonight, there's nine games. Okay. For the Knicks schedule, for the Knicks schedule. I sure. Mean, you know, give or take a game for everybody else. Sure. Do you think the Knicks are going to run? Ah, shit, it's 6-3, uh, Washington over the Rangers. Uh, do you think the Knicks are going to make an undefeated run, or do you think they're going to lose once or twice from here on forward? They might lose once or twice, but I think they would keep the the edge for the fourth seed. And if it does okay. come down to they're the same record, they have the tiebreaker against Atlanta. Right, right. And even even if they were to fall to the fifth seed, you from the rip have been saying you'd like to live in that range for yeah. five. I would like them to have home court advantage, but if you have to go yeah, to Atlanta, sure. fuck it. I'd go to Atlanta. I think you have the right. great shot against them. Right. You're not going into LA. You're not going into Brooklyn. You're not going to Boston. You're not going to places. Wait like till that. next round. Maybe one of them bounce, uh, uh, get bounced by somebody. Right, right. You've been saying this for a bit now that you the, you're hoping the top guys cannibalize. And and I want to stay with the Knicks real quick because yeah, uh, yeah. I I truly believe Barrett has come around. They that he is going to be and uh, I said what I said first. I said what I said of the night. So what I said, R.J. Barrett is going to be an All Star next season. Okay, he's going to be an All Star next season. He's going to average over twenty points. Uh, over five boards and uh, about five assists a game. I have nothing to dispute. Because right now he is averaging about 18 points, about, I think, six boards and two assists, three assists. Okay. How's uh, Julius Randle doing? I know, you know now, I yeah. everybody was hating on him for a bit. Oh, there. yeah. Speaking of the big man, Rand, uh, Put res- put res- put some respect on that man's name. Put some fucking respect on that man's name. But like, what, how did Birdman say? I want some respect. It's it's the put it's some respect the on it. on the P for me. Rush. Put some respect <laughs> on that shit. You you respect that man, and I'm sorry. I said what I said again. He is a top three MVP candidate. If he doesn't get even I don't say, I'm not saying he's winning it, but if he doesn't even get a vote for MVP, this is bullshit. He has okay. played in every game this season except one game for for a rest day. Right, right. Uh, and he's, he just didn't have passion on that day. No, he didn't have any passion that day. He wanted to go and uh, break protocol and party. 
yeah, you know. You know how uh, it is, man. Yeah. The life um, of a passionless superstar. You know? Uh, well, Kyrie's <laughs> still over there getting beat by the Bucks the other night. Ooh, um, salty. <laughs> uh, but put respect on that man's name. He has. He's averaging... Tw- uh, what 28 11 and 5 like nice. he's shooting f- over 45 percent from the field and over 40 percent from three like it's obviously he's most improved player of the year um but if he doesn't get mv uh, an mvp vote this is bullshit fair enough fair enough what else you got for me and i said what i said when the Knicks are probably going to win it all. No, I'm joking. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing, we're going to shoot over to the MLB because baseball is uh, hitting the second month. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of people wanted to shit on the Yankees and, and yeah, try yeah. to uh, shoot them down. And what is it? The start of May and the Yankees are heating up. They're back at 500. Mm. Kluber has been pitching like the Cy Young pitcher that he once was. Talion has showed up to ball. Garrett Cole is just Garrett Cole. Yep, and now the yep. bats are starting to heat up. Did yep. you see Aaron Judge has been just bombing missiles lately? I feel like my phone doesn't shut the fuck up about Aaron Judge home runs, and I'm happy about it. I'm not complaining. Let me make it very clear, Aaron. I am not complaining. But <laughs> my phone never stops going off. Telling me that Aaron Judge hit another home run. Now, now with Aaron Judge, though, uh, people have noticed that in the blowout games, uh, Aaron Boone will pull him to give yeah, him, you know, sure. to give him some rest or whatever. Uh, sure. and, and and he gets a lot of off days, so he's averaging on pace for this year to average about a hundred and thirty games, okay. which I think is great for Aaron Judge. I think that thirty game off for him is to keep him as healthy as possible because when he's on the field he's going to hit over close to 280 to 300 he'll hit your your 30 to 50 home runs and over 100 rbis as long as you can keep him on the field so i think that 130 range is perfect yeah you know we're starting to see that you know load management has always been well not always we've seen it in recent years in basketball load management become you know the topic of conversation I think Judge is going to start bringing up that conversation in baseball. I'm surprised with well, the he's just plus games that we haven't had this conversation yet. But I feel like Aaron Judge, because he's like a great fucking Dane, he's so goddamn big, he can't help but hurt himself, uh, you know, is, is going to start bringing up the conversation of load management in baseball. See, I think baseball's always had the load, man- the load management because of how long the season is. But – it gets put on more of a spotlight when you get guys like Aaron Judge because Aaron Judge is such a massive fucking man. Yeah, not only and, physically, and, but and he puts his guys, you know, in baseball. Yes, and he puts his body at risk like all the time because yeah. he's one of the guys that he'll go diving for balls and crashing into mm-hmm. the wall and doing all that stuff. And if you notice now, Aaron Boone has been telling him to pull up on those. Like, if you don't right. need to do it, don't put your body into that. Right, right. That strain. Yeah. Even even outside of that, just, you know, it's almost like the same conversation with J.J. Watt in football, right? Being that big, swinging the bat so that you can hit it 460 feet or however, you know, the longest he's ever hit a ball, the amount of energy that you have to generate from your feet through your hips, your torso, and your arms, holy shit. Yeah. 
normal people would break under that kind of strain. I mean, to hit a ball excess of three digits off of hitting a uh, round ball with a round bat squarely in excess of three digits over 450 feet with that kind of frame, the strain that it must put on your body just to swing the bat like that has to be absurd. It has to be at the edge of physics. And I just want to, uh, um, they got a tough couple get matchups coming up. They got, uh, okay. they got the Houston Astros, you know, they like to cheat. They got yep. the, the, yep. the, Nat- they got, you know, you know, they got the reigning champs and the nationals coming into the house. And then, then, uh, they play, uh, Tampa, Tampa Bay after that. Okay. So, so their stretch coming up is very difficult for the most right. part. Right. Yeah. I, but, I'm not there. But now that they're at 500 and pitching's come around and, and, and I haven't heard any of the Boston fans talking shit on sports me lately of how bad the Yankees have been doing yes, because, appeared, bro. Bec- because now they, they feel it. They, they're looking into the rear view mirror and they're like, fuck, I see those headlights. They're coming. Disappeared. Yeah. So, uh, uh, to, to those guys that keep, uh, Oh, and, and I saw this new guy on sports me too, Chicago, Yo, I saw you. Something yeah, yeah. Jimmy trying yeah, to say yeah. how he knows for a fact that the Yankees will never win another trip again. And just we, we as Yankee fans, just brag of our 27. And oh, we choked so much in the playoffs. We choked so much that we've won 27 chips and 50 some odd appearances, right? I'm, I think I'm that's a 500 plus record. I'm stuck between two memes. I'm stuck between what did he say and whose mans is this? Somebody come get your mans. Chicago. Come literally. Mans. Literally. That's what I thought. Whose mans is this? I got the what the Russell Westbrook face. Like, whose mans is this, right. bro? Like, come <laughs> on. What's up? With the question mark. Chicago White Sox just started playing good. I was watching Field of Dreams today. I had to shout him out. Like, yo, you remember this movie when like Chicago actually used to be good, but then tanked the fucking season oh shit Man, like you don't remember sure. that are you too young to remember baseball, how the white Sox? like <laughs> baseball cracks me up man you always get people running their mouths at the beginning of the season talking all sorts of crazy shit you know just for two months in three months in everybody to <laughs> they they see their they see that their team is fucking tied for last place right Right, and then they'll bitch, well, the Yankees buy all of their rings. Well, the Yankees win, and they that's make why they can af- That's why they, they can win. afford it. <sighs> Not to mention, actually, a lot of the Yankees' success is because of their amazing farm league, but I won't even begin and, to go there with you. And, and I just got to add that Brian Cashman is a brilliant mind. The man is literally Professor X and Doctor Strange combined. He can see mm. the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we got to keep rolling because we got a lot to talk about with the draft, man. So what you got? Anything else? This is the last thing I want to bring up. We're going to go over the boxing real quick. It's a little uh, off topic. It's a little <laughs> weird. It's not cool. Um, Puerto, oh, Rican, Puerto Rican boxer comes out. Forget his name. Don't even care about the piece of shit's name. Yeah. But uh, he he gets uh, arrested for kidnapping, carjacking, and murder of his uh, 
pregnant. A side side piece and and f- uh, a future child because she was pregnant. Yeah. Uh, apparently, he uh, was upset that she was pregnant. Wanted her to get rid of the baby. She was not going to get rid of the baby. He she showed up on like his doorstep or something. Uh, she no. He pulls up to the house and uh, oh, apparent- oh, to, to show to show him the the pregnancy test. Apparently, right. And where's exchange? Whatever. Apparently, he bounced her up, ties a brick to her feet, tosses her over the bridge, Jeez. and shoots, and, and then pulls out a gun and, and proceeds to shoot at her while she's sinking. Um, it's just absurd. Uh, absurd. And to see people trying to bring up the fact, like, oh, maybe, you know, it's CTE, and, and he has brain issues. No, no, this is just, you're trying to cover your tracks because you did something, and, and and now you don't want that anymore. So I mean, whether whether it's whether it is CTE or not, it, it doesn't it doesn't wipe it away. No, it, it doesn't get you off the hook. No. It doesn't say, oh, well, it's not your fault. All is OK. No, it's no. it's disgusting. No. You're going to say it's CTE disgusting. was was OJ Simpson's fucking fault. Mm-hmm. I no, because the glove, the glove definitely. We, I mean, as much as he innocent, we know he fucking did it. Yeah. No, I hear you, bro. I hear you, man. And then he writes a book later on of how he fucking did it. Would have would have done it when we know he fucking did it because the, the yeah. amount of detail he put into it was ridiculous. Balls on that, dude. Yeah, man, Ugh. it's fucked up. It's fucked but up. I, the world is fucked not up. to go too far deep into it, but rest in peace to her and the child and and, course, and, and sympathies to the family. And I hope that guy fucking rots in fucking Guantanamo Bay for all I give a fuck. Please hold while your hosts go crack another beer. In the meantime, you're welcome to grab some alcohol of your own. And like, follow, and share us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, and SportsMe for all of your football and sports needs. Yo, Zach, so like, what's our record on the trivia now? I think we're three and two. I think we've got the lead on the fans. Hey, hey, if we're over 500, I'm down. Well, then I have good-ish news for you. We're staying at 500. Uh, <laughs> we had a couple of people. I had some people slide into my DMs. I had uh, a buddy of mine answer on the Facebook page who got it right. So we are an even three and three now. Uh, so to recap, who did the New York Giants beat by a point in the closest Super Bowl ever? It was the Buffalo Bills. And hey. some people went even even farther to say, and and actually Kyle Nielsen on uh, on Facebook and Tara Gardner and my DMs, uh, both personal good friends of mine, um, hit me with it both, saying that not only was the Giants beating you know beat the beat the Bills, but it was Bill Belichick who ran that defense. <laughs> hey, so good on them. Um, you know, uh, you get a firm verbal pat on the back from us. And you get a virtual hug. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So this week, let's see if we can regain the lead. Hector might not know this question. We have discussed it way in the past, but I wonder if he'll get it this time. So who was the first athlete to rap at a Pro Bowl musical gala in 1995? Oh man, we did speak about this. We did speak about this. And so funny figured... thing, because I spoke about this not too long ago again. Yeah. 
I think on Sports Me as well. Well, I wanted, especially the way last segment ended with a, a terrible travesty, I figured we'd kind of make it upbeat a little bit. I want to see who people think was the first athlete to rap at a Pro Bowl musical gala in 1995. And I think I said gala and gala two different ways. 1995. Think back to when we were three years old. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm remembering sucking on a titty. <laughs> and, and shit in my diaper. <laughs> shit in my diaper. Uh, and, and you weren't watching the Pro Bowl musical <laughs> How dare uh, you, sir? I'm going to go. I, I think of two names, but I'm going to go 95, 95. I got to think that one right. Nope, I'm not going to go with him. Drum roll, please. Final answer, sir. For wait before you say it one last time, reading the question, who was the first athlete to rap at a Pro Bowl musical gala in 1995? Which, by the way, means that there has been more than one athlete to do so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with Shaq. Breaking down the tape would like to remind its fans to please drink responsibly and do not forget that the trivia question will be up on our social medias. So feel free to answer there or write into us at breaking down the tape at yahoo.com. And as promised, we are going to start these two segments off, obviously with the Jets because we hate them more, uh, depending on the day. And, uh, you know, so. If you haven't watched the draft, you should have watched it with us because we did it live, and I thought it was fucking hysterical. Oh, yeah, um, we were shitting on a few people. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> children, sir. Children. Um, but uh, So the Jets obviously had the number two pick. They obviously went uh, quarterback Zach Wilson out of BYU. They needed to replace Sam Darnold, who they traded to the Carolina Panthers. Um, I've been vocal about this. I don't get the hype behind Zach. Um, in fact, in teams, when he's faced off against teams that have 10 or more wins, he is winless and has thrown one touchdown and like seven interceptions. So already not great. What do you think? I. So first, first off, uh, I, if... Okay, so most of the – all the drafts, a lot of the picks they did this year, I was extremely happy with what they did. Right. Especially with the offensive line of bolstering um, next to Beckton mm-hmm. with Vera Tucker. Yep, yeah, I was going to go there next. Uh, and before – like, this is just proceeding, um, but it has to still do with Zach Wilson. Yeah, I hear you. If they would have gotten that kind of protection for Sam Darnold, like – I I just I I don't I think Sam was the problem. Now it's talking about Zach Wilson. I mean, no one knows what this man's gonna really be. You just gotta trust the process, and I do believe that they're finding every weapon and every uh, uh protective asset to put around him to make sure that he can succeed. Yeah, don't worry. I'll give you my overall grade and what I think of this draft and what it means for the Jets at the end. Um, But I don't disagree with you. Let me say that. Um, And now I've been also a big proponent of saying that as long as you have a good offensive line and a good defense, your quarterback doesn't really matter. So Zach Wilson might not matter when it's all said and done. And that would be the best thing that could happen to me. Um, But it's not. 
Uh, at number 14, the Jets traded up from their 23rd pick up to 14 to go get offensive guard slash offensive tackle because he's played both positions. Yep. Elijah Barrett Tucker, like you just said, from USC. Um, I, and again, I agree with your analysis, uh, your pre-analysis to this is that it's about goddamn time we're starting to get some protection. Uh, Rakai Becton was last year, Tucker this year. It's about damn time. And and I didn't notice it until about a day or two later. So they had mentioned it. Vera Tucker was projected the number one offensive lineman in the draft. Um, on some well, in, 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 in his position, in his position. Uh, well, well, fair enough because he in was an offensive guard, right? Technically, in his because because Slater and Sewell were tackles. Fair enough. Tackles. Fair enough. They were born and bred tackles. I I I can appreciate where you're coming from, and he assuredly would not have fallen to twenty three. Um, oh, so no. they needed to come get him. I and I like it. I I the film that they were showing the pancakes he did. The, the I like his hand movement. He was very quick with his hands. He is agile, you know, and, and it speaks to uh, Mike LaFleur coming over from the 49ers. You know, the 49ers in that style of offense doesn't require big elephants at the line position. It requires a little bit smaller guys, but a lot faster footwork and a lot more agile. Um, and Elijah Vera Tucker fits that. Uh, he does no, very not, well in we- both pass pro and run pro. But we got the elephant. That's Beckton. Now we just we just need a bunch of rhin- rhinoceros. Yeah, we're staying in the jungle, and you ain't wrong. And uh, maybe a know. lion. Maybe a lion. Yo, I'm getting it. <laughs> speaking of, speaking of, maybe a lion because at the number thirty four pick, they draft wide receiver Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss. Um, I was asked by my father-in-law immediately um, when they drafted him about his toughness concerns and whether he'll actually do well in the slot or not. Um, I think this guy's going to be a great slot receiver. Um, I think he's got really good footwork and really good route running, and I honestly think he's tough as hell. Um, I think he's going to be able to grind you out a lot of yak. I think he's going to get you a lot of separation, um, and I think he's going to be a matchup fucking nightmare for linebackers. God forbid you stick one on him. I think this is a bigger Crowder, a bigger, more aggressive Crowder. He is the number one slot receiver in the draft. And what was crazy is when the drafts picked him, Urban Myers was furious because Urban Myers was trying to make a move to grab him and they did it. They weren't able to do it. And yep. he he came out and said that this man is a highlight reel. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's going to compliment Denzel Mims very nicely. I think he's going to add um, a nice dimension to the offense. Um, yeah, I, I think he's going to – I don't think he'll be like an every down starter, obviously, as a slot receiver. Um, but I definitely think when he's in the game, he's going to make immediate they were, impacts. They were saying they were going to use him in multiple situations, just right. not as a receiver. So we right. might, excuse me, see him in the backfield, catch uh, uh, maybe a because because in his career, right in college, he actually ran for more yards than he received. Right in college, a little bit of a split V maybe with. Uh, I love how you're setting me up, man, with the number 107 pick running back, Michael Carter out of North Carolina. Uh, you know, maybe run a little split V with him. Potentially, you still got LaMichael Perrine back there. So, 
Um, you know, so a, I think the, the more pickup was a really good pickup. Uh, again, going back to your pre-analysis before getting Sam protection and getting him weapons was what they should have in the past. And now they've dedicated to doing to Zach. So, um, I think going offense, what the first four picks was the way to go. Whole yeah. Cause I think, I think go. Michael Carter was the last offensive pick they did. Yes. As I'm looking at it. Um, and I like Michael Carter. Um, I don't think he like screams off of the screen to you. I don't think he's like one of those, oh my God, he's going to change the game. Uh, but in a world where we're seeing running backs be a dime a dozen and highly interchangeable, 107 for a pretty solid running back is great value to me. I think it, I think it fits well. that he's a very, He runs a 4-3. Right. He has great hands out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a decent pass blocker and, and which is important I, in the jet scheme. Exactly. And I don't think he's going to be that starter. I think Perrine still has potential to be a starter and they still have, uh, uh, fuck. They, uh, Tevin Coleman. Yep. They signed Tevin Coleman. Who yep. knows what Tevin Coleman can end up being? Yeah, for sure. For sure, you know they've got they've got a decent um, set of backs back there to to fuck around with. Essentially, you know I can't imagine they're going to bring four backs into. They're uh, at five backs right now. Yeah, so I, they're going to have to make cuts that into the season, but because right now they have Tevin Coleman, they have Perrine, they have Michael Carter, they have Ty Johnson, and they have Josh Adams. Forgot about Josh Adams. Yeah, I can't imagine that Ty Johnson Johnson and Josh Adams are really going to make it, but who knows um but we've got 146 linebacker jermaine jamian uh sherwood out of auburn i actually really like this pick um i think he has um i think he's a great balance between run stopping and coverage obviously he's not the world's best at coverage and it's going to need some work uh but the jets really don't use their linebackers in a coverage manner no, uh, and uh, if correct me if I'm wrong, he has a lot of experience as a pass edge rusher as well. So I think um, he's going to be an, an outside, possibly weak side edge rusher. I actually believe that he played, give me one second, uh, that he played safety, I believe he came down from. I think, yeah, that's if, I think he, I think he was a, uh, he was an undersized safety. And, and fig, yes. uh, uh, or or doesn't have the ability to uh, stay with the man. He was better off being a, a linebacker. Yes, he is a six foot one, two hundred and sixty pound, one year starter at safety. Um, doesn't have the coverage skills to play safety, obviously. So the Jets are projecting him at linebacker because with he can cover with safety coverage skills. I'm okay with that, Jamal Adams. Uh, so you know what I mean. So I'm. I'm I'm not upset with that. Um, then we've got defensive back at 154, Michael Carter the second coming from Duke. So we've got two Michael Carters, not father and son. Although that would be a cool thing to see drafted. Pause before you continue on about you think of Michael Carter the second. My bad. But when it comes to the two Michael Carters, they've actually UNC Duke played against each other, and they actually had a feud on the field against each other. I read that. Yeah. And um, Carter II came out and admitted. He said he got the better of me one time. 
So you got to give it to him, you know. Um, but Michael Carter II coming in as, as an undersized cornerback, um, they're projecting, you know, nickelback, free safety area. I'm not upset about this. They also – Again, uh, fast, runs a 4-3. Uh, gee, you cut me to the chase. He uh, he he's runs a nice 4-3 too. Um, you know, gives them options on special teams, punt return, kick return, gunners, stuff like that, you know? So, and the fact that he has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder with the previous running back drafted, I'm okay with that. Uh, okay apparent, uh, apparently he is a, uh, above average tackler mm-hmm. and, and he's, uh, a decent at the line and very good with his hands. Mm-hmm. And this honestly is one of my favorite picks that the Jets made coming up next is at 175 cornerback Jason Pinnock out of Pitt. Do you remember the last cornerback the Jets drafted out of Pitt? Yes, Darrell Revis, and he spoke about it, and and I agree with ESPN when they said that's the only uh, 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 thing they have in common. Why do you say that? He is, first of all, don't you ever... Ever, 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 unless he is a top five corner coming out the fucking draft and his name is Deion Sanders, uh, uh, compare someone to Darrell Revis. So here's my only issue. He's actually big and fast, and I love his style of press man defense. Now, is that scheme based out of pit? Maybe. Um, but I think he will do well on islands if he can get his mental speed up. I think he's fine physically enough. I think his ball hawking skills are well enough. Um, and, and I think actually his ball hawking skills are better than well enough. Um, he's a little bit slow to diagnose what's going on. Uh, not to call him dumb, but, you know. I, I and, and we'll see as you keep naming the rest of these picks, because mm-hmm. a little foreshadowing, they picked, I think, four out of five out of the last six picks were all like DBs. Um, um, actually, only one uh, more DB. Uh, uh, three DBs, a safety, and a linebacker. Yep, yep. Um, and they went for the quantity over quality in the DBs, and they're going to try to play it out. They got like six, seven, eight DBs that they can try out now with the mm-hmm. potential of still going for Sherman. I And I, I still want them to go to Sher- for Sherman, and I don't give a fuck if Sherman doesn't even play a snap. I still want him signed simply because of the IQ that he brings. If you can get Richard Sherman to bring up the level of Pinnock, yes, Pinnock, Pinnock, whatever you want to fucking say it, I'm telling you, I, I would leave him a lone man against most receivers in the league. Um, coming in next, 186 is linebacker Hamsa. Nazilaradine. Holy shit, I'm sorry, bro. I am so sorry. I didn't mean to <laughs> fuck that up, man. Uh, if you ever listen to this, I'm I'm too mayonnaise for that. I'm sorry, man. Um, out of Florida State, um, I'm okay with this. I, I don't really have a whole lot to say. I'm not going to lie. I, I I believe he's an inside backer. Yeah. Inside backer. I don't believe he'll be a Mike. I think he'll be more of a strong size, strong side backer. I don't, I don't yeah. think he's great in coverage, but he's great no. at the run block. At the run, yeah, for sure. I think yeah, they're going to bring him. Great. They're going to bring him down on the crashing in every time. Yeah, I think he's great at the run block and shedding blockers. Um, right. Also, they can put him on the outside as that strong side, like trying to blitz type of say, guy. Stand up edge, yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, they're not. He's definitely going to be one of the guys that they don't put into coverage. I agree. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, here's another good value pick. I know they didn't go for high quality, like you said, but more quantity. But this is a name that I liked during the season uh, at 200 cornerback Brandon Eccles out of Kentucky. Um, again, not obviously one of the top corners DBs in the league um, or in this draft, but I think somebody that if given the ability to grow is going to become a top 10 cornerback. Okay. So I also, given his value. I also like Eccles. Um, what threw me off is with all the DBs they took, I thought they would go for gruesome. The second, and, yeah, and, I mean, and, and and they didn't grab him. Right. But I I like Eccles, and I said what I said. I think Eccles out of all these backs are the best back, and I also believe Eccles actually becomes like a star in the league. He very well could. I mean, you know, I was just rereading my notes. He's got. He needs to be cleaned up, right? He's got some serious talent. He's and, raw. He's very raw. Right. And he knows where the ball is. I don't think he knows he knows where the ball is. Does that make sense? It's all instinct instead right. of just uh, also having the the knowledge of knowing right. the game where you could be like, okay, right. it's instinct, but also uh, the 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 training and the the right. the film work and all that and really putting in the other part of the game. I agree. And if you can coach that into a kid that you drafted at 200, talk about fucking value picks, chief. Uh, but I I I don't I don't think that's an issue because I think uh DB wise the coaches on the Jets haven't been the problem. It's been the players. Right? No. I agree and especially with this new defensive scheme and defensive coaching coming in, um I I'm not upset. I'm not upset at all. Um, and then finally, I like I like the CB. I like the whole CB carousel they got going on. They got yeah. you know eight to ten CBs that they're putting out there, and they're like, "Well, show me what you got." There's what maybe five, six spots that I can hold. Show me what you got. Four, you getting cut. Yeah, I can agree with that. I can agree with that wholeheartedly, especially with some of these younger, rawer kids. And you know apparently I mean? the Jets are going to re-sign uh, a pool to possibly a one-year deal. I did see that. I did see that. And I've said it in the past, and I'll say it again. I'd rather have an elite pass rush over an okay, you know, over an elite secondary. So if we can have an elite pass rush and let these kids who have great raw talent grow, yes. Yes. Um, and just talking about pass rushes, rounding it out at 207 is defensive tackle, um, I don't think I actually typed his last name. Oh no, it was his last name. Jonathan Marshall out of Arkansas. I don't know if he'll make the team in the end. Um, I don't know too much about him, but I do I do know that um he's a project because very much so. he's, Not a lot of he's the the fourth or fifth on the on the board, I mean, they got Sheldon. They got they got so many. Their D line is is pretty solid. Williams, Sheldon Rankins, Folo, Runso, Fatukasi. Um, you know, so I think he's gonna fall to being a practice squad player. Um, he's a work in progress. One year starter with eh, production. Um, and that's not to say he can't be good. 
I think he's a work in progress. I think he, 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 like you said, starts off in the practice squad. If injury comes up, he'll probably be the next guy called up, see what he can do. Cause, cause obviously they picked him for a reason. Right. Um, well, I don't know. Kind of felt like a throwaway pick to me. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I mean, what probably, else were they? What else were they really gonna spend it on? You might as well right. solidify your D line. Right, right. And who knows? Who uh, they might have seen something in the kid and said, "All right, you know, let's fucking throw him out there and see what happens." Uh, what's the worst that's gonna happen with your 207th pick, right? Um, you know, I mean, what Brady only went with like 199th overall, so we're not too far away from that. You know, so so you're saying you're saying he's gonna uh, be the seven time Super Bowl champ for D line? Yes. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, <wasn't bad. laughs> I did not say what I did not say on that one. <laughs> um. So my overall grade, um, and I've been seeing a lot of A's. Yeah, uh, I saw A minus. Yeah. Um, I was like, I was giddy. I was like, wow, I haven't seen an A minus next to the word Jets in a while. And- <laughs> And I have to say, part of me feels that way, but my skepticism is bleeding through. My overall grade is a B plus. Um, I think they had a good draft. Honestly, a detractor for me is Zach Wilson. Um, it, just simply because of the reasons I stated before. When he plays teams that have won 10 or more games, he is horrendous. So basically, if he plays a good team, he can't win. And we play the Patriots, the Bills, and now the Dolphins. We've always played the Dolphins twice a year, but now they're good. And so we have a hard division. I need him to actually win good football games. Now, I, I, is that mitigated by all of the protection and weapons they got him? Fucking maybe. You know, is that going to be mitigated by your defense being plus one in the turnover ratio, plus two in the turnover ratio per game? Maybe. Um, you know, but just – looking at the draft and looking at the picks um i like a lot of it but truly zach is why i don't give it an a okay i, I, I would Justin fields i would also give them a b plus okay but not okay. not for the reasons you're saying um sure. i get it with zach wilson oh excuse me i get it with zach wilson but i i I don't want to put my foot in the mouth in my mouth too early, because who knows? Zach right. Wilson could come out and and shut all us of like who knows? Who I'd knows? be happy as fuck if he came out there and went seventeen and zero his first season throwing um, fucking eighty yard dots every time. Where I took a turn was the five DBs. I figured. Yeah, linebacker, um, defensive back, cornerback, linebacker, cornerback, DT. <laughs> so I figured they, uh, uh, instead of going over the quantity of the DBs, they would have went for a DB they felt like could really help them. But I get it, I get it, and at the right. same time, and that's why I give them a B plus because all the pieces they picked after uh, uh, more, pretty much after more from Michael Carter down. You don't know what those players are going to be. Yeah. Yeah. You no, don't I, know. I agree with you. Yeah. None of them jump off the page as, oh my gods. Um, but if they do well, then they're great picks at the value you got them at. Like the yeah. only, oh wows I see on all the picks, Vera Tucker, more. I think 
And of course, it's it's Zach Wilson's blind side, right? He's a right hand quarterback. So uh, Makai Becton has left tackle, and Vera Tucker is left guard. Whoo, he's never going to have to worry about his ass again. Uh, I agree with you there. I think Vera Tucker is by far a grand slam of a fucking pick at two or at uh, fourteen. His 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 play action is going to be ridiculous, which is exactly what Mike Lafleur wants. So hey, you know I, I'll I'll take a B plus. I'll take a B plus. I, I'm I'm with you there. B plus. And and if I had a wild hair in my ass, I would say an A, um, because the Jets have filled every and not every, but have filled most of the holes they needed, and have done so in good fashion. So it's a good. Draft. I would have not gonna lie. I would have traded maybe a CB or maybe uh, that D tackle for a solid, a, a real solid edge rusher instead of a linebacker that you're going to make an edge rusher. But uh, with that being said, let us know what you guys think the Jets got. Thank you to all of our fans listening to this point. Breaking Down the Tape would like to remind you to please like, follow, and share us on all of our social medias and subscribe where you get your podcasts. Again, that is YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, SportsMe, and wherever you get your podcast, please like, follow, share, and thank you to the fans. I, uh... And that's the show. That is <laughs> that is the show. <laughs> I was gonna ask you, Hector. God, do you even <laughs> want to go through the Cowboys picks, or do you? Let's do it. Nah. Overall, <laughs> nah. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'll give them the overall at the end. <laughs> um. So number twelve, uh, the the Cowboys actually traded back. Uh, shocking, to get actually shocking. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yes and no, right? Like their shiny toy and Kyle Sh- Pitts. Shock, uh, shock, shocking to the point that it was to a division. Right, right. Yeah, their their shiny their shiny toy on offense got taken at four. J.C. Horn at eight and Sertain at nine, uh, which were their two you know top picks that corner. And then they traded back with the Giants. Eagles. Eagles. Thank you. With the Eagles to the 12th position to draft linebacker Micah Parsons out of Penn State. Uh, Parsons, who has had some off-the-field issues in the past. Um, there's been back and forth as to whether it's true or not. I'm not here to fucking decide. I'm just telling you that there has been issues. Um, and he did not play this last season, which is not an overall condemnation again, just providing facts. Um, so I like Micah Parsons. They obviously after the draft did not pick up Leighton Van Der Esch's fifth year option. Um, they uh, had Sean retire, um, you know, and Van Der Esch who is very injury prone. So they needed a linebacker, but I would have preferred them going cornerback earlier. So, one, I like the Mika Parsons pick for them. Right. I was mad because I wanted Mika Parkins for the Giants pick. Fair enough. They need a linebacker, and I thought it was a great pick. Um, I don't even know who's anchors the line there. Uh, Blake Blake Martinez, who's a hundred oh, okay. uh a hundred tackler season. He yeah, yeah, came yeah. from Green Bay. He's a beast. He's yeah, a beast. yeah. Now that you but say, they, I remember. But they do need another power. inside. Yeah, they do. So need another inside linebacker. Sure, sure. Um, I love the pick that that they got Mika Parsons, especially I thought they got Mika Parsons for the fact that Sean Lee retired. Right, right. Not for Vander Esch, because Vander Esch just got 
uh, denied his option today. Yeah, yeah, uh, obvious. Well, I think they knew they were going to because he has been injury prone. So now they got the whole of of needing another starting linebacker, which we'll get deeper into their right their, their draft picks and what they potentially can do. But um, I love I love the pick, and I honestly think that, uh he'll fit actually probably better on the Cowboys than he would on the Giants. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. You know, they've got a new defensive coordinator in Dan Quinn. Uh, Mika Parsons is a field general at linebacker. He does instantaneously raid raise your um uh your defense by half a grade you know so if you're a b you're now a b plus automatically period under story um, he, so, he, he does everything he does literally everything so uh, it's not that i hate the pick especially trading back to get him i don't hate it um next they go at 44 cornerback kelvin joseph out of kentucky uh this is where they addressed their cornerback need although I'm not madly in love with it. Um, again, it's one of those things that I feel that there were other people that they could have gone with, um, but I, I, they need to address their defense. They need to address the yes. every team passing all over them like there's no tomorrow. 100%. They're doing the absolute opposite of the Jets. The Jets need offense. Their defense is okay. They can add some pieces. The, uh, the, uh, the, on the Cowboys side, offense is great. You don't yeah. really need anything, and, yeah. and you need to fill in the defense. Um, with the corner position, yes, they need corners, uh, especially after they lost Byron and guys like that. Um, mm-hmm. But there were corners still out there that I feel were better than this guy. Like I said, and I keep going back to him, Gruesome the second. He right. was rated the third best corner besides besides Sertan and JC Horn. And right. he fell. He right. plummeted. Yeah, for whatever reason. And you know, I was just reading back on my notes. Joseph started at LSU and released like six rap albums and was suspended from the bowl game uh that year. So, in a place like Dallas, where there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of strict structure, <laughs> could it be an issue? An issue? Could you it know, be an not issue? Not be one of those guys and one of those analysts that's like, "Hey, this guy, you know, fucking drank too much once underage. That means he's gonna be a bust." And I'm not saying that. I drink too much, and I'm saying, okay. Right? <laughs> yeah, but n- none of this turned out poorly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I wonder if it's going to be a problem or, I mean, when you haven't heard anything since he transferred to Kentucky, so I might be talking on my ass. True. And maybe I'm missing something, but I just felt like they were better. Uh, I like the corner pick going for a corner. I just felt like there yeah. were better corners out there to I grab. I think they just really went for speed. He runs a four, three, four. So, uh, I mean, it helps. It helps. Uh, next, they've got a 75 defensive tackle. There's going to be one on each goddamn team. Uh, Osa Adigizua. Adigizua. Sorry, bro. Again, if you ever listen to this, I don't know why we had the most. He said a Dougie. Planet. Right. At <laughs> <laughs> uh, a UCLA. Um, I'm okay with this, actually. I'm okay yeah. with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this too. They need help on that front line. They, uh, right. um, not their end rushers as much, but in the middle. Right. 
Um, I think they lost possibly one of their nose tackles, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, so that's what that's that's pretty much what that was. He's gonna be a filler and he doesn't need to be a big name where he makes a real impact. He just needs to make sure he does his job. And, and let the and let the end rushers yeah, yeah, and he didn't fuck around at UCLA. He had 27.5 tackles for a loss, 11 and a half sacks in 43 games. That's all yeah. he needs to do to make sure mm-hmm. that the end rushers can get to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need to do he doesn't need to be in the Dominican Sue. He doesn't right. need to be Aaron Donald. Right. No. He you just need to just eat, eat up a block. Team. Eat a, eat up a block or two. Right. Eat a double team, let Parsons go do his job. You know, so I I don't disagree with this pick. I mean, he's joining, let's see, Tristan Hill, uh, Neville Gallimore, Carlos Watkins, Brent Urban. You know, I'm I'm okay with this. They need to anchor the middle of that line. I mean, that whole defense needs severe and serious work, you know. So next we have 84th pick defensive end, Chauncey Galston out of Iowa. I think this is probably one of their best picks to be What position? Uh, defensive end. Okay. 27 tackles for a loss in 43 games, 12 sacks. Um, he doesn't have the best speed in the world. He runs a 4-8, but he's long in the arms, and he don't stop running. He will hunt you down until the ends of the earth. And you know what? Again, he's not going to get to your quarterback immediately, but he's going to make his presence felt. He's going to stay home. He's going to get his hands up. I think you're going to see him swat down quite a couple of passes. I don't think he's going to have a hell of a lot of sacks, but I think he's going to be a problem on the end. I See, I, I say the opposite. I think he gets a lot of half sacks. Because um, I, I compare him, and the way you you just described him, I think of him as a, a lesser Alden Smith. Fair enough. Fair enough. A lesser Alden Smith, you know, Alden Smith obviously ran like a four five. Right. Um, and it was uh, an impactful player until all his shit happened. Right. I right. can see him being that way. Obviously, the uh, DNs is not a position they really need in the Cowboys. He's right, going to be a guy right. they probably plug and play, you know, certain, certain times, certain positions or whatever. But, um, well, I, I think that'd be a good pick. He's just not going to be a solid, like, DN starter. Well, that's that's my knock on him. You know, that's kind of the big issue. So I'm looking at the Cowboys roster. They've got Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, Terrell Basham, Brent Urban, Doris Ar- Dorrance Armstrong, Bradley Anae, and God forbid they walk Micah Parsons up to the goddamn line to rush him from the edge. Micah Parsons competes there, too. Um, you know, so... Michael Parsons reminds me more of like a Landon Collins. Yeah, I can agree with that. But um, but Golston needs to stand out in this crowd. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Maybe he won't immediately. I think if the Cowboys hang on to him, it'll be the best thing for them. Uh, but I, I definitely think he's a name to watch as the years progress, especially if he can stand out. Now, I think this is what you were. Uh, maybe alluding to when we talked about the number 12 pick when we talk about oh nope oh i'm jumping picks my apologies so i'll get to that later fix yourself uh, my, fix your attitude sorry sorry <laughs> it's late i'm tired i'm old uh overall is nashawn Wright, cornerback out of oregon state um 
183. He's tall. Um, he's got decent range. I'm thinking more of an endish of the career Richard Sherman. You know, not exactly as ball hockey as Richard Sherman. I mean, five interceptions, 11 pass breakups. Okay. Not terrible. I'm thinking this is a uh, a nickel patch, a nickel pack DB that they picked up. I can uh, see something, it. Some, someone for special teams at the same yeah. time. Um, he's not going to wow you in any way, shape, or form. He's not going to be a starter outside right. corner. Um, it's literally what I said. Like he's, he's going to be that nickel pack slot receiver DB, right. uh, uh, and and uh, a lot of special teams. He'll be on if he's yeah. a great tackler. Because obviously he has great speed being a corner. If he's a great tackler, he'll be on a lot of special teams. So that's my knock to him is he doesn't have amazing speed. I don't. I didn't, apparently forgot to write down what his what his forty time is. Um, but uh, he doesn't, from what I remember, doesn't have the best speed. I can see him like you were saying, nickel dime. I'm talking zones. I don't see him in a lot. No man's. No, yeah, yeah. Because he's he's nice and tall, and he's got decent range, but he doesn't have that closing speed. If you were to hit him with a uh, with a double or a, a double move or a quick yeah. out, you're gonna fuck him every time. You know, so I can I can see him uh, more for you know nickel and dime packages and zones. Which, depending on the way you want to play, especially if you do like those those double teams for the flats and shit like that, right. those zone coverages where you got one over the top, he can be right. the the low man because his speed, right? Not stand the above him, guy, right? Stand him up close, pretend that you're gonna press man and then drop him into a quick flat. You know, I, I, I hopefully your safety has your back. Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Um, now, now we can get to the foreshadowing at 115 overall. Jabril Cox, linebacker out of LSU. This is a good pick. This is a great pick, bro. The whole draft, I kept saying, why hasn't anyone picked up Jabril Cox? Jabril mm-hmm. Cox, Jabril, and he dropped to what round three? Uh, yes, yes, sir. Yes. He let's see here. Let me see if I have any of his. He was he was projected a first round pick. Yeah, I could see him. I don't know about first round for me. No, he was probably mid. He was. Oh, I didn't know that. A first round pick, like not 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 high, like mid to late first round pick. Right, right. I could see him in the mid second round. Um, let's see, twenty six pass deflections, nine interceptions as a linebacker. Um, I like the way he hits. I don't think he's going to be able to cover, you know, full time wide receivers obviously no right? especially he's being inside option. he's an inside linebacker come on right i think he's a fine option against most tight ends i think he's a fine option against most running backs although the way shiftier running backs have been lately that might be a problem but him and michael parsons a nice one-two punch and for the value you get him at 115 yes sir i think this is one of the cowboys better picks yeah i i agree i i like I said, it, it Jabril Cox should have went way before. Yeah. Way before. I, I was I saw literally 31 other teams that could have used them. I can appreciate that. 138. They take offensive tackle Josh Ball out of We Are Marshall. This is the first offensive position that they drafted in this entire draft. Who's their offensive tackle? <sighs> I don't remember. I, off the top. Their line obviously is very well. Uh, uh, 
Tyron Smith and Lel Collins. Yes. Yes. Okay. This is just a, a, a security blanket. It's a security blanket. Right. You know, you don't have to start him. You don't have to do anything, really. Let him train. Let him focus. Let him do his thing. Right. And if injury occurs or you need some type of filler. Right. They'll probably train him on multiple line positions. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You, you know, switching him back and forth between left and right guard. And that's been the new wave. I want to shout that out real quick. Yeah. That's been the new wave where, where O-line, you're not just a center, a guard, a tackle. You're right. a center guard and tackle. You right. have to. You're, you've been doing everything. Like Rashad Slater, yep. Slater could play every position on the line With and Aaron very, Kaku. very, very good, and could have been projected as a top pick in every single position on the line. I agree with you, Vera Tucker, the same way. You know, um, and I don't hate this pick. Like you said, it's a security blanket. Um, you know, I, their offense is fine, so I don't. I don't really care about this. Their offensive line has always been good. The Cowboys have always drafted offensive linemen very well. So I have no reason to believe that this is a bad pick. No. Um, next, we've got 179 re- wide receiver Simi Fahoko out of Stanford. Um, honestly, this is an F, personally, for me. This pick right here. And it has nothing to do with Simi Fahoko himself. Why the fuck are you even thinking about wide receivers? I don't give a shit where you fucking drafted him. I, what are you doing? Unless I you're going to put him on special teams. I Okay, so you just took it out of my mouth. I only could think of one position you could put him at. And you hope that this wide receiver can tackle. Because you're going to put him as a gunner on punt. Yeah, he's 6'4", 222. He runs at 4'4", 3". They're gonna put him as a gunner for punt. Like, like hopefully he can tackle. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, he's big and fast. He's also twenty four, which is a little old. Um, but uh, shut up, twenty four, little old. <laughs> when we're fuck, talking about bro. draft classes, bro, the average age is like fucking twenty. Um, half these kids can't even walk into a bar. Uh, but in, in all honesty, it just, again, it has nothing to do with him in and of himself. Good for him. He got drafted something I'm sure I could never do. Um, but it's an F for me because why the fuck are they even yeah. putting receivers on their draft board? Um, without so. a doubt, without a doubt, I, I, there was no reason for that. If, if anything, he should have stood on the defensive end and just kept going for linebackers and corners and, and bolstering yeah. that shit. 100%. Um, 192 defensive tackle Quinton Bohanna. I love his name, uh, out of Kentucky. Um, There's been a lot of Kentucky players getting taken this draft. Which so, is the only thing you can really say about him. Which, no, which, which leads which leads me to like, do they have do people see something that others don't? Like are there like right. Kentucky are are starting to um progress some decent players? No. No. Absolutely not. I'm just, I was just asking. I mean, like, I don't know much about him being a deep tackle in Kentucky, but I just keep saying there's a lot of Kentucky players. Four-year starter. He's 327 pounds. He's a big old boy. <laughs> um, but he might need to cut some weight and get some speed in the D- in the NFL. Um, I, I don't – I guess this is like a D pick. I, I don't 
I don't think he's going to do anything for the defense, especially when they have fucking 10,000 defensive linemen. True. Um, at 227, Israel Mukuamu. Oh, this was a lot easier than I thought. Israel Mukuamu, uh, cornerback, South Carolina. Again, they need cornerbacks. They need to stop the pass. Yeah. Every time you watch the Cowboys play, it's a goddamn air raid. The, I feel like the Cowboys have pulled a little bit of the Jets uh, uh, um, drawing and they they went for a quantity over quality at the CB position. Yeah. And they're just playing to see who who can play the best and who deserves the spot. And with and I'll actually give this like I know I've randomly started giving personal grades, um, but this is like a B pick. He has played some safety before, so he does have some, you know, range of playing. He's big. He's tall. You know, so I think this is definitely going to help the Cowboys on the back end. Lord knows they fucking need it. Um, and then at 238, offensive guard Matt Farniak out of Nebraska. Um, you know them corn-fed motherfuckers. I don't think there's ever been a Nebraska lineman that was a bad lineman. Um, so, again, and, and the fucking Cowboys have a history of knowing good linemen. So I have no reason to believe that he's a bad pick. I wouldn't say anything bad about this, especially knowing that they're looking at Dak saying, damn, you just snapped your ankle. Let's get you more protection. And like you said, even though that play had nothing to do with the protection, that was a rollout. He was running, right? whatever, but they're just like, let's, let's bolster the line. Right. And like you said, flexibility is important amongst linemen. We're starting to see that transition. He has history playing tackle guard and center. Um, so he's going to be one of those plug and play guys, another security blanket, probably go down as a high blue collar, you know, lineman, you know, one of those perennial starters. Uh, so that's it. That, that rounds out their draft. My overall for the Cowboys is a C, a flat C. F, um, F, fuck them. <laughs> F or fuck them. Cause like, nah, nah, let me stop. Let me stop. Fuck I, out like of here. Sh- I like to shit on the Cowboys cause F for fuck them and fuck them all. Cause we both have ladies. <laughs> Gotta fuck them all. Stop. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. Anyway. Dallas um, Cowboys. So I, I give them a, a C. I think, you know, things that ri- raise their draft grade is the fact that they finally fucking realize that they need to stop somebody. Um, and, and what all but three of their picks were on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I think some things that lower their draft grade is that they have more linemen than God ever actually created. Um, so I'm not defensive linemen, I mean. Uh, so there's a lot of competition there. And if there's a lot of competition there, then there's going to be a lot of people cut. Um, so it almost seems like a waste to me. Uh, but Overall, I don't think it's awful. I don't think it's great. I think it helps that they moved back and still got a great linebacker. You know? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I I'm I'm gonna go a notch below you. I'm gonna say it's just a solid C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I was at was a solid oh, C. Oh, yeah. I thought you said C C plus. Oh no, no. Uh, nope. So I'm gonna drop it. I'm gonna <laughs> drop it then from you. A C minus. A because you just can't agree with me? No, it's it's it, their picks weren't horrible. They just could have picked more talented players at the positions they picked at. At the posi- yeah. at the at the choices they had, they right. were going for guys where you're like, "Whoa, you got two or three guys that right. are still projected way better than this guy." 
Right. Unless you can, like I said, foresee the future and you see something I don't see. But it's a rare occasion where every pick you see works right. the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. For me, there's only two guys that really jump off the screen at me, and that's Parsons and Cox. Um, yeah. And that's, yeah. That's Everybody else is like, yeah. okay, he's probably going to be okay. Okay, he's probably going to be cut. Why the but I can also say, I can also say team? Cox, I can also say Cox might be a bust. He might be one of those guys where you project him to be so high, but his but his risk is also so high. So you're like, oh man, he might not plan out to be what he needs to be. Uh, very well, maybe. Very well, maybe. You know, so that's kind of where I'm at with the Cowboys. I don't. I mean, obviously they saw the positions that they needed, but I don't think they really went and got the positions that they needed. Like you said before, they kind of took the Jets method of quantity over quality. But instead of getting blue chip quality, they kind of got bottom of the barrel when there were better players, not bottom of the barrel, but not, you know what I mean? Like the the middle of the shelf instead of like higher middle, you know? So uh, I, again, flat C for me, uh, guys, let us know what you think. And F, uh, F. fuck them. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now one winner. One loser, and we can wrap this shit up. I'm not editing shit tonight. I'm going the fuck to bed. Oh, yeah, I got to get up in like five hours. Oh, fuck that. Then let's get this done quick. All right. Three, two, one. And to round it out, before we get to all of our teary-eyed goodbyes and say so long until, well, for you guys tomorrow when you catch us on Thursday Night Live, for the Cowboys. Ooh, I like that <laughs> Thursday Night Live. Anyway, um, draft winners and losers, man. Just give me one of each. Let's not draw this out. People have listened to us long enough. Give me one winner from the draft, one team that's a winner from the draft, one team that's a loser from the draft. All right, one winner. I'll do my winner first. Uh, Chargers. Chargers. They bolstered the line for, uh, for Herbert. Yeah. They got a few weapons. A few defensive pieces. Uh, 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 they got Slater. I think they got Santo Samuel Jr. Yeah. Uh, I think that team, be careful for them. Nice picks. All right, give me a loser. <coughs> loser, um, I would have to go with the Greenway Packers. Because they still have not drafted a wide receiver? I mean, they did draft a wide receiver, but they didn't draft anything that you could be like, oh, shit, that actually helped the team. <laughs> right, right. That actually helped the team. No, it didn't. Like, any, all their right. picks, you're like, oh, you got the same fucking, like, nothing changed. Right. In fact, the draft ended, and Rodgers was like, yeah, I'm retiring, or you're trading me, and you can fuck off. <laughs> um, but uh, so winners and losers for me, it's close. Both are tied. I have I have ties for for each, um, but I will go winner being the Lions. Uh, Penasuel fell to them at seven, fell right in their laps. They didn't have to go get him. They didn't have to do shit for him. Um, obviously, motherfucking Jared Goff isn't the fucking answer, but I've said it time and time again, and I'll say it again. If you give a mediocre quarterback time in the pocket he will look good and the lions heard me and that's what they're doing 
So I, I think for that reason and that reason alone, the Lions are one of the winners of this draft. Um, and then losers is going to come as a little bit of a shock. It's the Jags. Mm. For Travis Etienne. What the fuck are you people doing? You're wildin'. You're bugging. Why the fuck would you get Etienne in the first round? Yeah. For what fucking purpose? Are you kidding me? I am. What else are they going to go for? Like, come on. You got James Robinson. Yeah, but you put Etienne with James- his quarterback in Clemson. And, and and like they said, they were they're not using him just as a running back. They're going to use him in the slot. They're going to use him as a a, a pass catcher. They're going to use him in all the types of four shades of ways. A dozen, and you just had a rookie go for a thousand yards. I I think this is great. I think Najai Najari Harris and Atini were definitely worth first round picks. Nope. 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 And and didn't it crush me if I'm wrong? But the Jags traded up to go get him. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they didn't have that pick naturally, and especially under that circumstance, losers. There was no fucking reason to do that whatsoever. None at all. <laughs> You're just saying that because you don't like Trevor Lawrence. No, honestly, although I think he will be good. Sunshine! <laughs> anyway. I said let's not drag this out, so let's not drag this out. Guys, this has been our second anniversary. Thank you for joining us. Like, follow, share, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Technically, I'm on Twitch, although we only get on there on lives, which brings me to another great fucking point. Um, Get on our Thursday Night Live. You'll hear this on Wednesday, so it's tomorrow night. Schedule in the books. Some things may change in the future as far as schedules go, but for now, that's where we'll be at. You need to join us. Did I say TikTok and sports me? Get on sports Man, talk, well. fucking rip you guys apart and show you how many W's I got. Yeah. <laughs> Hector loves to be on sports me, so you're welcome to the world for that. Um, for getting him on there. Um, and again, I, I know I said this before and I'll say it again. I cannot thank you, Hector, for coming on here when you did in the very beginning. Um, and everybody else for for pushing this for a year. Like you said, we've got like 70 fucking episodes um, and we're only goddamn is expanding. So um, thank you, everybody. Thank you. And and it, this is officially season two of Breaking Down the Tape. And we so will be set, bitches. Said what I said.